Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nolcast. Ingram Smith, Bud Elliott, back again for another episode. We'll always thank our friends at Charlie Park. Charlie Park is Tallahassee's premier rooftop bar, a place that I was fortunate enough to go last weekend and may even find myself over there this weekend sometime. Brilliant brunch, fantastic just late afternoon cocktail place, dinner place. Uh, always fortunate to be able to work with the various properties before the table restaurant group and uh Big thank you to start the podcast to Charlie Park for making Nolcast like these possible. Tell you what, man, the value of podcast advertising. I uh, saw some folks today uh, also say they were going over to Madso uh, because they had always heard Bud and Graham talk about it on the Nolcast. So I remember when we got our first sponsors. That was, yeah. That was cool. Uh, as we are contractually obligated and excited to do, we will, of course, talk our prize picks to start the show. And uh, I must say that there are no uh, prize picks to be had yet on the Knolls. Come on, prize picks? But there is fun to be had. Plenty of it. <laughs> uh, we are going to go with a, a short one here. Everybody watching live can go ahead and get this. Uh, definitely had a quite the profitable year on prize picks, but also a really fun year, you know? Uh, it, are we live? Like everybody can see us, right? In, in the chat, we have people say, has it started? Uh, yes, it, it. we have definitely started. Make sure you guys hit like if you can. So promo code NOLCAST gets you that 100% deposit match bonus for uh, for this excellent show that we're about to do. Up to $100 for first-time depositors on prize picks. All right, looks like everybody can see us. That is fantastic. I don't really want to do the ad read if people can't see us that would be a it'd be disappointing for everybody it, yes. it would uh, including our friends at prize picks so i am going to go with an absolute sick just sicker than sick sicko mode one here okay it's a twofer it's ethan kaliak manis which is how you say it in minnesota he's minnesota's quarterback and Deacon Hill, who people are calling Bacon Hill because he is 6'2", listed 263. Now, their passing yard numbers for this week. 116 passing yards for Cali McManus. 99.5 for Deacon Hill. We're going to go more on both, despite 22-mile-an-hour wins. I, I just think this is sort of absurd. At, at a certain point, the opposition is going to know that you don't want to throw the football, and they're just going to load up against the run and dare you to throw the football. And you're probably going to have a number of situations in this football game where, like, it's like third and 17, you check it down, and, and, you, and you pick up 12 yards on it. Guess what? That's 12 yards. We're more than 10% the way through. Uh, so we're going to go more on both these guys. And, of course, we will send out the official Nolcast prize picks card with the Florida State results. And I do have some strong feelings on this one this week. Uh on either Friday night or Saturday morning. So uh, really excited to do that. And uh, with that, I think we uh, I think we should get into this preview. Man. I'm, I'm excited to do this one. Like, this is a primetime, big-time game. Got a ranked opponent. Like, let's let's have some fun here. Ranked opponent, night game, uh, may well be the, the biggest home game that you play all year, in all likelihood will be, um, depending on what Miami does. Maybe your last night game of the year. Um, no, this should be fun, man. I mean, if you're in the area and show up early, be loud. This is a awesome opportunity to support a team that's done real well. And honestly, the best atmosphere for a Florida State game this year. What has it been, bud? It's Orlando. It was Orlando. 
Yes, it was Orlando. So look forward to to making that Tallahassee come tomorrow or uh, come uh, Saturday evening. It's Thursday night. And I've lost track of time, but uh, yeah, that game will be here soon enough. So uh, no, it's uh, it's just going to be an incredible opportunity. I mean, Duke is probably the best Duke team that we've seen maybe ever. 2013 Duke, Duke team was pretty yeah. good in its own right. Um, I mean, you're the expert when it comes to the to the line, and we can talk about that real quickly. I mean, I guess we can start the, the preview with, with their quarterback and what we think they're going to look like and and uh, start on that side of the ball and work our way around. Totally. Um, I just first want to say that I, I really do respect this Duke team. Like, I've watched all of their games now. Uh, I actually didn't watch the second half of Northwest. I didn't go back and watch it because I, I've already watched that one, but – I it's Northwestern, so not really much of an athletic comp for for what you're going to get. This is kind of like playing a more athletic BYU team, like a good version of, of a BYU. You look at their roster. You know, you know what two letters I see a whole lot. Gr, graduate. Mm-hmm. This is an old as hell football team. I mean, it's it's their starters here. Junior, graduate, graduate, redshirt senior, which is. I mean, come on, if you're a Duke and you're a retro senior, aren't you graduating? But anyway, I, I, I digress. Redshirt sophomore, junior, senior, senior, graduate, 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 redshirt senior, redshirt senior, graduate, graduate, senior, redshirt sophomore, uh, co-starter with graduate, graduate, junior, junior, graduate, senior, graduate. This team's played a lot of football. This team is really well coached, and this team does have some athletes to it. It won't be easy. And yet, I'll tell you what, guys. Like I actually do kind of like the matchup for you. I'll, I'll just say that from the jump. But this is not a walkover. They have a higher caliber of player, both you know strength-wise and certainly experience-wise. This is a football team that doesn't beat itself. And if they had quarterback Riley Leonard playing, I think this is potentially your toughest remaining game. Maybe. Mm, wow. Okay. However, I will say this. I don't think he's playing. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I do this little thing where I kind of predict what like the Pete Dammel tweets and the, you know, all, all the other guys, like the national insider tweets will, will, will tweet out on Saturday morning. I just, I think you can kind of figure out a lot of this stuff by looking at the lines throughout the week. This has gone just one way. There was a very brief time in which a headline came out that said, uh, good chance he plays, but then the headline was edited to chance he plays. Chance, right. Uh, yeah. And the market reacted to that headline. And uh, uh, talked to a guy today who you know, runs lines for books. Uh, and his response was, I think that the other day just threw people a lot, a lot off and confused them. Split groups of people who think that report and those who know the real deal. These books are letting you take 14 and a half on Duke because mm-hmm. they don't they don't think this whole game like day-to-day game time decision thing. Are we gonna get the whole warm-up song and dance? Probably. Uh is he actually gonna play? I, I don't know, but I think it really matters. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I love Jordan, you love Jordan. The way they've been playing so far this year, you can make an argument that Leonard was the second best quarterback in the league so far. Leonard is a legitimate like basketball prospect. Now I know he wasn't going to get like minutes on Duke, but you know other 
Like he's a legitimate D1 basketball guy. Mm-hmm. His sack avoidance is unreal. Like it, it's it's off the charts good. He, it, if you look at some of his graphs, he's in like the upper left hand quadrant relative to how much pressure Duke's offensive line gives up. Like he just sack avoidance is a huge deal. His legs are a huge part of his game, which is the other reason why I kind of doubt he plays. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duke's practices are closed, so I don't think there'll be any reporting on this, but they're letting you take 14 and a half. I, yeah. I think that says a lot, honestly. Uh, we had a comment in the section, the uh, comment section that said, it appears like Duke's made the decision to actually invest in the sustainability of having a successful program. Um, yeah, if, you, if you've been a, a listener of the Nolcast, I don't even want to say longtime listener, we've been, we've talked about this for about two years or so, that Duke is one may have more money than any athletic department that, you know, plays at a big level in the country, just from some of the things that they've done um, as far as intelligently uh, investing assets and and what's been made available of that. Um, And yeah, they, they did make, I mean, they removed the track, which I say kind of tongue in cheek, but also legitimately they did. Uh, Elko is a, Elko only would have gone to a program like Duke had he not seen that investment and that investment wasn't made available and some of the people that he could put on staff. So, yeah, I don't know that they're going to be, you know, a powerhouse overnight, but I do think that Duke is uh, invested in football. It might have been five or 10 years too late, just me editorializing. Uh, But they have certainly, you know, made the decision to not just throw it all at basketball. Uh, Absolutely. Or lacrosse. Yeah. Program is pretty damn good too. So. I think Elko does a great job for them as a coach. I I think um, honestly, like Kevin Johns is a really nice OC. These two staffs, there's a lot of familiarity with each other, right? I mean, uh, uh, Elko and Fuller are off a similar tree. Norvell is extremely familiar with Kevin Johns, uh, so yeah, I, I I think that they're they both know what each other does quite a bit. Uh, so look, I don't think Leonard's going to play. Okay. We've seen and let's just kind of set the table with what their offense has done. They scored 28 on Clemson at home. Uh, so in in Duke, one of those was a defensive score, right? Um, they they scored 14 points on Notre Dame, which is a good defense. Notre Dame's defense is a for my money, it's like it's recognizably better than FSU's, but it's not like insanely better than FSU's. Does that make sense? Like, you know, it's better, but it's not like they're not 2021 Georgia compared to what you are. Like FSU's mm-hmm. defense, I think is, is improved. Certainly Chad got the jokes in the chat. I love it. <laughs> and then they scored, and I just put these three games in here. They scored 24 on NC state with the backup, including a, uh, I believe a, a defensive score. So the backup played on Saturday against NC state. He was four of 12 on the night. I, I kind of have mixed thoughts on this. Number one, like the final 40 minutes of the ballgame were just in an absolute downpour. And they, mm-hmm. with a, with a, a large lead, because they won 24 to three, they were not really intent on throwing the football. He looked okay at times. And then you look at the box score and you're like, oh my God, more than half of Duke's yardage came on two plays. So on a down-to-down basis, and look, NC State's got a damn good defense still. Like their, their offense is a joke, but they do play some good defense. Still got one of those linebackers that uh, the Peyton big Wilson, six-foot-four kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the down linemen are are, are good, and, and NC State's got a real strength program. Like you don't just go push them around typically. 
But that lack that like that low success rate does indicate some stuff to me. Most of his success came on stuff that was play action, right? RPO or just, you know, kind of more max protect play action stuff. He seems to have a pretty good arm. Uh, it, it, it looked like it was kind of tough uh, to evaluate because of the rain stuff, right? Like he hits one deep shot and then on a couple other ones, he was really nowhere close. And I don't really know how to evaluate that in what was a, a rainstorm. Um, but I do think he's a material drop off from this. I think if Riley Leonard, if we knew Leonard was playing, the line would be like probably nine and a half, 10, maybe like not 14 and a half. Um, that seems like a pretty decent drop off. They've hit a ton of explosive runs this year. Great variety in the run game for this Duke team. FSU is going to have to be, uh, you know, pretty gap sound and assignment sound here with this. Um, now, part of that is that defenses have to respect Riley's Riley Leonard's legs. Again, I'm doing this preview with the assumption he doesn't play. If he does play, I'd be surprised. Like just with the, they got a lot of important games coming up. And if you watch the TV copy, I mean, he's, he's really, really struggling there, like down writhing in pain. You can tell like, like it, it looked bad. We had to go almost instantly and do the, the cover three evening recap. And I operated under the assumption that night that, that he was very likely done. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, that, that looked as bad as any sort of ankle type thing that we had seen so far this year. And when, when it came out, so it was just a, just a high ankle sprain. I was like, well, first of all, good for the guy, obviously. Um, but you know, not not something that that you wanted to see there. I I don't know how effective he is if he's hurt. Last week during warmups, he he was limping a good bit, and so they, they did the whole kind of song warm up song and dance last week. Um, by the way, so Kevin A brings up a good point that if Duke uh, should make it through this game, take a loss, and then have a healthy Leonard for the rest of the season, they theoretically could win the ACC and matchup would be again in the uh, championship game should they beat Louisville and UNC as well so yeah there is you know there are not not dismissing the opportunity to play in a conference championship game that would be a big deal for Duke but just to be able to post uh you know a eight or nine win season would be a massive deal for them as well I, I do think that and I'm not just trying to talk myself or anybody else into things that we want to be the case. I do think it is beneficial for them to not play this kid in this game. And uh, in theory, have a, have a hundred percent Leonard in the, uh, the season that, that matters. I look, I'm not trying to get to the end of this, but I still think this is a fairly favorable matchup for Florida state. Um, I think that with Leonard or no Leonard, the lines, the lines correct, you know, whether it be 11 and a half or 14 and a half or wherever I, this is a game that Florida State should win regardless and, and perhaps win comfortably. So we'll yeah. get there in time. You'll have to play well. I agree. Um, it, it, like to blow them out, you'll have to play well. I I think you can play sort of your median game and still win, potentially win comfortably, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that it is it is the backup Belen. I like both receivers, honestly. Like I I, I think Calhoun and Moore are, are pretty nice receivers. They're they're not huge, but they they use them in a variety of good ways. This is a pretty good screen team. They they do a they do a great job, man, on, on this offense getting these guys open. So, uh, like I said, the run game extremely diverse. They have good backs, uh, Coleman and the um, 
Oh, shoot. The, the Waters kid, I, I think, are pretty nice. Offensive line, again, is all graduates. And then Graham Barton, who is uh, mocked in the first round on some of these like, ESPN mock drafts. So it's an offensive line that honestly hasn't been great, but they don't really make mistakes. You know, they're, they're I think, kind of once FSU settles into a consistent lineup, maybe, uh, you know, maybe what FSU would hope it is. Like FSU hopes they're a little bit better athletically, but this is a very experienced offensive line. So leverage to me, and I don't mean like keeping leverage on the football. I mean, down-to-down leverage is going to be extremely important in this football game. You know, when I look at this, Duke is normally a bit of a tempo guy or tempo team under Kevin Johns. But in like in the recent weeks, they have not been. Post like post Leonard and even in, in the game against Notre Dame, they were not tempoing. Part of that's because they were getting stopped on first down quite a bit. Beelan went slow as hell. I think that Duke is going to try to just hold the football and go on these long drives and create a game in which each team's only getting the ball, you know, eight, nine, ten times. I and, and given what we saw from this guy as a passer in limited circumstance. I understand the temptation to to try to dare to see if he can read your defense, you know, and make the right read and and not just do the play action looking at one ball or one guy type thing. But on the other hand, I I do think there is a a real argument to be made for lighting his ass up and going for it, right? And understanding that there is a trade-off you may allow a couple more explosive plays. You might allow an explosive touchdown or two. But you're also going to create some tackles for loss, which, again, I really think that Duke is a team with a current makeup that will struggle to operate in longer down and distance situations when play action is not a true viable threat, when you're not going to RPO somebody. Like We have not seen them operate effectively in those circumstances. The, their best play in those circumstances for most of the year has been Riley Leonard scramble around and, and run which, again, I'm assuming that he's not going to play here. I think you have to be comfortable with that. And I do think that approach, I'm not saying they will do it, but I, I probably would because, it, like, what do we always say about Mike? He's comfortable in the chaos as a head coach. Like, he seems to to not flinch. He makes the right call in terms of, you know, kick, punt, go. Very comfortable playing higher scoring games. Not that I think this thing is going to be higher scoring, but I, I do think that there are some real opportunities here, you know, to do that to get them off the field either like quickly, whether that's punt, whether that's turnover, whether that's, hey, may maybe they do have an explosive drive or two. But if you're getting the ball you know, 12 times, 13 times, shoot, like you won't get 14 possessions in this game with, with how much Duke runs it. But you know, if you're getting 12, 13 possessions in this game, you're feeling very good, I think, about scoring a number that starts the three or four. What I yeah. don't want to see in this game, if I'm the Knowles, is Duke holding the football for like long periods of time? And that, because that, man, that just increases the variance. Weird stuff happens when each team only gets the ball eight, to eight or nine times. That's, that's Army stuff. And Duke played super slow last week. Reminds me of conversations that we had in 2015 and 2016. Um, so, yes. Exactly. Implications so, of slowing it down. That relationship's working out well, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Uh, 
Oh, Texas A&M. Really really doing Texas A&M things. Hilarious to watch. There were articles written this week Mm -hmm. that I don't think get written unless the likelihood that that move happens is is pretty high. If if that makes sense. I Just looking at it, mm, I mean, you kind of got to understand how some of the media stuff works. Who reps who, mm-hmm. who talks to who. You remember the scene of the departed? Like, that's not a guy you can't hit, but it's close. Mm. Kind of that type of thing. And now, like, they're just letting it go. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to work out there. In, uh, yep. But they have a yep. great schedule in uh, in 2024. Like, fantastic. Yep. I think they miss, like, Bama, Georgia, and LSU. Oh, okay. So, it's, it's like the cash-in year there. For, for that class that you got. Uh, I said got, not bought, just to be clear. Yeah. Um, say what you want to say in today's age. That is, uh, that, that is, that is 100% true. Uh, so, yeah, look. Got to tackle well because they will throw the ball short. Got to get, like, you, you don't need to be blowing coverages if you're not in blitz stuff. I, I understand. Like, if you want to light them up, you'll probably give up an explosive for two. I would try to speed this guy up. You know, make make, make him play under chaos. He's played really – all three other, other big games have been at home. So, interested to see how that goes. And uh, you've got to find a way to stop that run game. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Uh, Dartwick says, I don't care if you because Riley Leonard, Leonard Fournette, or Kawhi Leonard, Noel's big. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, want to thank our friends at Homefield. Homefield has been with us multiple times now. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to where my mom is uh, coming to Tallahassee for, for the first time, I believe, since she graduated from Florida State. And nice, man. 1960-something, maybe 70, early, early 70s. Regardless, she was asking me, oh, what should I wear at the game? I'm like, Grab the sweater I gave you from Homefield a couple years ago for Christmas. It's a night game. That's probably exactly what you should wear. So homefieldapparel.com is the website. We've been fortunate enough to pair with them twice. You'll see their uh, many of their offerings. Most popular one is kind of that gold uh, renegade and Osceola shirt that you see just all the time on game day now. But homefieldapparel.com, do the drop down there of Florida State. You can see their 1.0 offerings and their 2.0 offerings. And you'll even find a sweet ass bomber jacket as well if you look hard enough. So, coupon code NOLCAST23. And uh, big thanks to our friends at Homefield. So, um, a note on the Homefield on, on, on the gold shirt, right? So, this morning I was 6'2, 217. If, I mean, I guess I'm always 6'2. The, the, the weight the weight changes, right? Sundays I forget to eat and it's just all coffee. Other times, you know, it's you grab whatever you can if you're on the road. You, you know how it is. I think if you are somebody like I would size that one up it that that one definitely runs a little bit small because I, I bought it and a couple of my buddies have bought it and like you, you got to make sure you eat right and in the gym uh for for the true fit on that <laughs> for, one. just for the for the Osceola and Renegade shirt yeah yeah absolutely. exactly right we'll keep you honest uh there you go oh man um Ricardo says Ingram broadcasting for the uh, the battle's end hall of justice yes it's <laughs> awesome I love, love the background there. Various rooms and in, in the indigo. So uh, it's my 
home away from home. Um, but yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about FSU's offense and Duke's defense. It's a good defense. I mean, this is kind of Mike Elko's baby, dude. He's, <clears throat> he's got some players here. And that, like they're, I'm not talking about college here. players. They got some guys that be drafted. Yeah, they, they've they done a good job in the portal. They've added some names that you may be familiar with if you haven't otherwise watched Duke. Just, oh, was that kid at, uh, you know, XYZ place prior? Um, good team, good players. At the same time, this is where I have kind of my unwavering confidence. I think they're good. I think they're good along the line of scrimmage. Uh, I personally, if Johnny's healthy, and I think he is going to be, I just don't know that in a over the course of a game that they can consistently match up with you on the outside. And uh, you've got a six foot seven freak, and you've got a six foot four dude who's possibly a top fifteen pick in the draft. Um, ultimately, I'll be curious how you interweave those two into this offense because the the run game will be interested. It may take a second to get that going. May take, you know, you've got pieces that require a little bit of work uh, to get going. Uh, traditionally, not always, but traditionally, uh, I do think Rodney Hill is back and available for this game. So, would expect him to be um, featured. Yeah, we'll see how frequently. But uh, no, for me, it starts on the outside, and that's why I uh, can only get so concerned about this game just because i think you've got a level of athlete out there that's gonna be tough for duke to match up with you completely i um let's start on the outside then so chandler rivers i think is actually a better corner than miles jones is miles jones is the number one graded corner on pff and i'm telling you guys like pff is a good resource but it's not gospel right Generally, a guy listed in red is not is not somebody who should have been listed in blue. If you if you look at the color coding, it goes like blue, green, you know, yellow, orange, red. Red is bad. Blue is good. But I mean, corner is kind of a tough position for them to evaluate. I think in some ways, everybody that I talk to who is like an actual scout or is a coach in this league really respect really respects the rivers kid they they think he's like one of the best corners in the league and i know that jones got put on on the all acc team or the midseason stuff which is is fine but i think he's really good now jones is important though because he is their second best corner i think and he missed the yukon game and i believe all the duke game uh or sorry the notre dame game with a hamstring. And if you watch, go to like 2.30 of your TV copy. If you guys have like YouTube TV, you, you just if you're like me, you hit save all games for NCAA because it's unlimited uh, DVR space. Go watch with like two, two minutes and 30 seconds left in that game. NC State throws a go ball down the sideline. Jones pulls up lame with the hammy. Taps the helmet to come out. Broadcast goes to commercial isn't discussed i took note of that i was like "Ooh, okay that's a that's a hamstring for because they don't have a bunch of good corners um the irish really picked on this josh pickett kid the the drop off between the top two miles jones is a texas a transfer by the way 
And I think they have him playing a hell of a lot better at Duke than they do at Texas A&M. Because at Texas A&M, he got burned a lot. Uh, but their corner combo is when healthy has been really good. I don't know if uh, if if Jones is going to play. I mean, I don't know that he will. I don't know that he won't. But I, I did take note that that was potentially an issue. So you you might want to see just how just how good that hamstring is feeling early and often in that game. Maybe maybe some go balls down the sideline uh, at Mr. Jones could be in order. I'll also tell you one of the difficulties that I had in evaluating this game for this preview. Clemson doesn't have a single receiver that could start for FSU. In that ball game, Notre Dame didn't have a single receiver who would make FSU's too deep, straight up. They were missing their top three or four receivers. And the Concepcion kid at NC State is legitimately pretty good, but he wouldn't start for you. Like, maybe as your slot. Um, I say that to say that Duke's defense is legitimately pretty damn good. They're really well coached. They have good players. I have no idea how they're going to face a legitimate, competent drop-back passing attack. They didn't get it from the Irish. They didn't get it in the first game Clemson played all year. They definitely didn't get it from NC State in a rainstorm. I mean, you could play NC State in, in, in a vacuum chamber. It wouldn't matter. They, they can't throw the football this year. So I do kind of wonder, like, how fake are some of these pass defense numbers? For instance, Duke is number eight in the country in passing success rate allowed. They are number four in the country in passing explosiveness allowed. They are number two in the country in yards per drop back allowed. Duke. You and I have been doing this, this preview stuff a long time. We know that defensive recruiting rankings translate extremely well. Because it's mostly a height, weight, speed, effort game. There's some intelligence. Uh, you're muted, looks like. See ball, get ball. Athlete, more times than not, is what determines whether or not you went on defense. Yeah. Now, like Iowa will rate really highly in these categories, so I can't totally dismiss the idea that uh, that maybe, yeah, may, maybe Duke's defense is that damn good. Uh, but I'm going to want to see it. I, I, I want to see somebody spread them out and throw it all over them and see how they handle it, you know? We really haven't seen that so far. Clemson, by the way, they only scored seven points because they had some insane turnovers in the red zone, including like a 98-yard fumble return for uh, for Duke. They still had like 440-something yards or 470 or something like that. It wasn't like they had a you know 200-yard effort against Duke. But this is a really well-coached secondary. Like, they're not going to bust a lot of coverages. You will have to go earn it. You'll have to run good routes. The ball will have to be on time. Or you'll have to make good one-on-one catches, which Florida State uh, does have some guys who do that pretty well. I think Trey Freeman for them is, a, is, a, is the linebacker you want to watch. He's number uh, – where was he at? Uh, he's number 12. He's probably the guy – like, I don't think they will do uh, – Nobody can really do what Barrett Carter did. Like I, I was shocked that he wasn't on the All ACC midseason team. Like Barrett Carter changed that game against FSU for Clemson. That Norvell and Atkins call like four shot plays to guys that Carter has to cover down the field, and he carried all of them. I mean, I guess the one he kind of PI'd on, but still, it's uh, you know it is what it is. So. Freeman's probably the guy that has to do that. Both linebackers play the run extremely well. The front for them is good. Like it's better than people realize, I think. They have almost all old dudes. Uh 
this guy named, named uh, Oban. His dad played in the NFL for a long time. Big senior, like thick defensive end. Uh, Carter and Franklin. Carter's like a longtime known NFL prospect for Duke at D tackle, which they don't get a lot of. At, uh, and and Franklin's not bad either. Like there, there will be drives. I just want to prepare people for this. There will be drives where you look like crap. Mm-hmm. because they will beat your offensive line some, just as I think FSU's offense, defense will beat their offensive line a good bit too. Yeah, despite I'm interested defense. in the patience. I'm interested yeah. in seeing how you deal with that. I also – I don't know. This this gets to me sounding like I'm a, a coach or something, and I'm not. I, I wonder if ultimately this offensive best form is not just to spread it out and um, you know, use – use backs as you have them and, and opportunities, but to more or less just try to spread the spread the field and say, hey, we've got two guys that are challenges for pretty much anybody in the country to match up with. And, oh, by the way, we've got Jaheim Bell, Kyle Morlock, Douglas, all guys that aren't maybe, well, Jabell's um, Bell's dynamic in his own right, but yeah. all guys that are very nice complimentary plus pieces. Um We'll see. We'll see what that what happens. Maybe maybe you kind of get forced into that at some point because I I don't I don't it, I don't think this will necessarily replicate what happened at Clemson where you just kind of lose some of the elements of an offensive game plan. Uh, but you are going to have to earn it, and like you said, you're going to have drives to where it's you know second and ten, third and eight, fourth and six, and you punt and you're frustrated and uh, just. It's what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah. defense is very solid. They're going to make you earn it. There's going to be some frustration along the way. Do you uh, do you want to hear some more stuff that I think could be unsustainable and is maybe more a reflection of the schedule Duke has played than uh, than how good the defense really is? I think it's a good defense. Like you told me, it's, it's a top 15 defense in the country. I buy it. Yeah. Before you do, I'll tell you what is sustainable, and that is maybe the best relationship in a podcasting. American sports. By the way, Bud, we got uh, invited to re-enter the International Podcast Awards. Uh, so that. I'll talk with you offline about that. Uh, it doesn't look like they have the college genre anymore, so we'll have to go for uh, just maybe just right. podcast. Who knows? I know um, I can't divulge, but I know where where Cover Three ranks in like the uh, the pod track ranks. Mm-hmm. You, you think you're big time. Until you see barstool, 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 barstool. Uh, yes. like, mm, okay, yeah, yeah. This is, this is a swim in a different pool now, boys. <laughs> um. Anyways, we should probably talk about the legendary home loan team. That's yeah, my that's fault for yeah. completely derailing the ad read. But uh, yeah, Chad Shannon, five hundred and twenty Nolcast listeners. That is the definition of sustainability, uh, which is where I started this conversation. 844-FSU-LOAN, 844-FSU-LOAN. Shannon's world-class. Nobody loves Florida State Athletics more than Chad. Great combination, great team. They've given a great partner to the Nolcast. Ask that you always keep those guys in mind as you go through the homeownership process. They do a great job. I've used them twice. It's just, I mean, professional, they care. They really do, like, you know, it's pretty like, hey, give us a good Google review. Like, they, they, they work for it. You know, and they, like, I think it's it's an approach we can all appreciate. You know, you, that's that's a for a lot of people like this is another loan that they're giving out. But like for you, it's it's your house, yeah. right? Like it's going to be your biggest expense of the month, almost certainly. So you want to make sure you get it right. And I, I I trust those guys; they do a great job. Eight four four FSU loan is the number to call. 
Okay, so some stuff that I just, I look at my sheet and it's color coded and I don't know, man, you've been doing this for like 15 years and you're like, okay, you kind of just, you intuit colors with teams, right? Not like taking mushrooms here, just follow me. Like there's certain colors. Like when I see the Bama page or the Georgia page or when FSU's good, the, you know, that, that page. Um, by the way, are they using the juice balls tonight in, in this baseball game? This is, I mean, we're, we're seven three in the, the fourth inning. This is mm, eight four four. If she wants right, Chad dropped in the chat. There's a whole lot of like crazy dark green on Duke's page, specifically on defense. That I'm, I'm just not sure that I buy. Mm-hmm. Right. For instance, um, they are number one in the nation at turnovers forced inside the ten yard line. Mm, not tied to the Clemson game at all. Uh, certainly not. Uh, do Do you think there's a special skill that that Duke <laughs> reps in practice to be really good at turnovers in in the high red zone? Uh, this remind this draws me back to one of the first conversations I ever had with you, bud. And we were talking about fumble recovery, and I was like, I mean, maybe you can get a little bit better at it. And you were like, No, it's statistically fumble recoveries, fumble recoveries. I'm like. All right, let me think on that for a second. <clears throat> ultimately, I'm more or less aligned with you. Yes, you can run drills at practice, but ultimately, that's a pretty luck-based stat. And, uh, yeah, the idea, it's not like, okay, it's, they're inside the nine. Do the do the double-patented Duke, you know. The turnover. The turnover <laughs> chop. The turnover move, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's certainly some, some nice statistics that they're still riding a wave of that uh, stems from the first game. Yeah, I completely agree there. Uh, third and long success rate, their top 15 in the country allowed. Uh, first and goal success rate, again, really, really good there. A lot of this is, in, in my opinion, related to the, uh, the Clemson game. Um, they are really, really good at not allowing explosive plays so far this year. Uh, they for the most part, make you earn it. Again, I don't know that they faced a whole lot of people that are explosive. I, I, I mean, I was just kind of blindly betting unders in Notre Dame games to start like for the first four or five games this year, just because I thought, thought their defense was that much better than their offense. And, and that Duke definitely caught the worst Irish offense, I think, like the with, with the injuries that were going on at the time. Um, uh, they're kind of weirdly like not a super high pass rush pressure team, which again, they don't blitz a ton. They're like, they're not a crazy blitz team. They, they let that, that veteran front get there. Definitely a high effort defense. I will say like, you have to stay on them because they, they don't, they don't quit. Their, their feet don't go dead. They, they keep going. Um, but again, like Duke is eighth in the country in defensive line. Havoc cost. There's certain stats that I'm willing to believe. But I don't know that like even like the best Duke D line can have a top D line, like top 10 D line in the country. I just I, I have a hard time buying that. Those guys are expensive, right? Now and in the old school system. So uh, I don't know that Duke's doing that. Uh passing down run rate, by the way. Another key stat here. They are fifth in passing down run rate, which is essentially how often are you running draws, design QB run, that type of stuff. 
that's mostly Leonard. Leonard's definitely a better athlete than than um, than Bielan is. Now, here's where I think they might be vulnerable, okay? And where your corners need to play well. They throw more than half of their passes to receivers outside the numbers. It's more and um, uh, the other kid who, whose name I, I said. Like They don't throw the ball to the tight end a lot. They don't hit the slots a lot. They almost never throw to the backs. That's kind of a hard thing to do, I think, like to ask a quarterback to come into Doak and do. Like, hey, backup quarterback, assuming it is him, can you can you make a living chucking the ball outside the numbers consistently? Maybe you can. I don't know. We'll we'll have to see. Uh, those, those guys are are good, but I I don't know. We'll we'll see how well they're able to to scheme that up. I I feel relatively good, but if you don't play well, this is still a losable game. I'll say, right? Like it's in the losable category because Duke's really well coached, and they do have some guys who will play on Sunday. If Leonard played, I, I think you'd have to. Like, I don't think your, like your D game is not going to beat Leonard's A game. Doke or not, like he's pretty damn good. But if he doesn't play, uh, as long as you show up and play reasonably well, you you should walk out with the victory. Uh, is Duke's defense as good as last year's Florida defense? I, I think it's much. That was a, a question from the chat. Um, I certainly have it rated higher. I think that it is much more disciplined than a UF's defense was last year. UF last year, I mean, they played hair on fire in that game, but they definitely did not play disciplined. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice, all right. We got a lot of good we, – we, we got other people in the uh, – um, this is pretty – this is actually a tremendous comment from the Southeastern College of Northwestern California. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. For, for the podcast listeners at home uh, – <clears throat> You, uh, I'll read it off. You'd think Miami would be number one at recovering fumbles inside the red zone, considering their practice field is the size of a red zone. Yes. You know, good tickets are still available for that game. It, it, this FSU game sold out, but it, the Miami game, um, yeah, good tickets are available, sir. Yeah, hosting Clemson. Imagine quite, that. Quite a few. Quite a few. Imagine um, that. Did Keon really call Garnet Burgundy? He did. <clears throat> it was hilarious as Keon's want to be uh he was like yeah i knew peter work played in burgundy i wasn't sure might thought maybe he played for boston college or something like that and uh and then he was uh, keon is legitimately one of the funniest guys i've had a chance to speak with so very funny individual um said that he had recollection of you know peter work playing against virginia tech which I mean, I'm sure he's seen highlights of it and stuff like that. That does probably predate his birth by four years or something like yeah. that. So, uh, but it was in his home state, though. Yeah, it was. It was good call. Good call there. There's a uh, our friend Bryant McFadden's got a great uh, podcast with Keon that came out yesterday. If you guys want to go hear some more Keon Coleman, the Battle's End also has uh, three or four different videos featuring Keon as well. If you just can't get enough of Keon Coleman. So a uh, big weekend for the battles in coming up. I'll just say real quickly, uh, should Florida state win, we'll have a post game donation that we'll be getting out there on social media. Uh, just a lot going on. Happy to uh, play a, a small role in the competitiveness that Florida state has, uh, has shown and we're excited about the weekend and uh, we'll see what happens from there. So we'll be in touch 
post game and uh, throughout the weekend. So that is fantastic, man. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and be blunt about this thing. I think we should probably just get to the get to the predictions here. The, the chat wants to know what you got, and I should we do a prediction with and without Riley Leonard? Uh, yeah, we could. Yeah, okay. sure, sure. All right. I, no, I'm not going to because I just don't think it's full speed, Riley Leonard. That's I mean, fair. absent you know, stem cells from from the heavens that get injected into his ankle or something like that. I just uh, I don't know that he's uh, all that different of a player. Should he even be able to play? So I'm going to go 34, 13. Okay. Right. I was uh, I was pretty similar in my head there. I was at thirty seven and thirteen, so uh, more or less, more or less in the same same spot. Uh, I think Florida State scores. I think it's a close game for a little bit, but I just think Duke can't answer you scoring enough, and uh, you get decent separation in the in the third quarter. So yeah, if you get eleven or twelve drives, you you should score four touchdowns, two field goals, you know, something like that, and. Um, you know, defense does its job, holds Duke absent some kind of really short field or defensive score, or you know, to harken back to the Hoagies game, the you know, kickoff score, um, you know, should hold them teens, high single digits, maybe worst case, low 20s if you're doing your job. So, yeah, man, uh, huge weekend for FSU coming up. Just make sure everybody stays tuned. This is going to be really, really interesting to watch and, um, you got you got got the eyes of the nation on you. Like this is the game of the night. You know, like not much else on that time of night. This will be a lot of fun. Can't wait for the weekend. Appreciate all the support we've received. Want to thank our friends at Congruity, Matt Lewis and his team, always assisting uh, various Seminole affiliated businesses. Certainly, uh, big help for the battles end as well. I can tell you that Matt and his team have been nothing but brilliant for us. Have been great help for the Nolcast. And uh, great to hear that they're partnering with our friends over at uh, at Legendary Home Loans as well. So uh, they uh, we've got a nice little cyclical relationship of uh, of sponsors who work with each other. They work with For the Table as well. Uh, so congruityhr.com is the website. Congruityhr.com backslash Knowles is the specific web page that they have created. And uh, we're really fortunate to be able to work with Matt Lewis. And I would, I would, uh, I would throw out there that you would be as well. So, thanks to Matt, and his team. Look forward to uh, continuing the relationship with them. Uh, also, we have their new website right in our show notes. Dude, look at that! We got like actual show notes going on here. The website, of course, congruityhr.com/knowles. So, very excited to put the website in the show notes. Now, you guys can just click it. I think unless you're on Apple and then. Uh, you may be able to click. I think I formatted it right. If I didn't, uh, I will go back in and make sure that it is. So by the time you hear this, you should be able to click it. I think you can click it now on the YouTube. So uh, quick spin around the country, maybe as far as FSU's upcoming opponents and things. Yep. Perhaps. Uh, let's do. All right. So Miami hosts Clemson looking to get that first ACC win at home under Mario Cristobal. Uh, can't believe I'm saying that, but you know, uh, there's, you always remember your first. So uh, maybe Miami will get that one. You do. You do. Uh, who else do we have here to discuss? Wake Forest 
Um, weird line move here. Very weird. Yeah. Kind of what what happened there? I think both quarterbacks oh, are out. Okay. They like so. Griffiths got knocked out last game, and then Kern came in, and Kern got knocked out. I'm like, why is Pitt a road favorite at Wake? Like Pitt only mm. had 270 yards against Louisville at home, so kind of just the eyebrows are raised mm-hmm. on that one. We'll have to see what what happens. Uh, we already talked about Miami. UF has a bye week, then they go get to play the Georgia Experience. I don't think it's going to go very well for them, honestly. So we will uh, see how that goes. You are still um, number three in the country to make the playoff and number four in terms of the actual winning the playoff. So exciting, man. And Michigan, who knows? Like maybe if they don't steal signals. uh, (laughs) No, I'm I'm kidding. First of all, as Noel fans know all too well, (laughs) sign stealing happens a lot. Now, I don't know if they're doing some of this stuff they're accused of, but uh, it, it, it did almost cost you in a national title game. It did. It did. I do. I mean, the Michigan-Ohio State rivalry is just beautiful. And if there's any truth to some of the rumors surrounding that, then I, I love it all the more. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to, have to keep our eye <clears throat> open on that one. Funny story. 100%. I, I did talk to a coach who uh, who played against Georgia last year mm-hmm. and played against Michigan this year, and he thinks Michigan's better. I was okay. like, whoa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And he listens to, he listens to cover three, and, I was, and, and he was like, yeah. Um, that line you said about Michigan having the dudes that Georgia usually has, that's spot on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyway, so no we would like yeah. to avoid Michigan in yeah. the playoff if possible. Um, and if also if possible, like we're going to need the battles in to build a bunker for this team <laughs> to practice in so we can hide the super secret signals so that Michigan cannot steal the signals. Won't and we're need anybody go, like, uh, walking over Pensacola Street or whatever else. Yeah. The, um, no electronics at all. Like if that's part of this, like no laptops, just going to have to go. Just total, total, like you know, dark ops mode, if possible. Oh, good times, good times. If you were to suggest that to a certain friend of mine, we might be starting to build a bunker. <laughs> so I'm gonna keep that out of his purview. Uh, so yep, yeah, funny. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, All right, brother. Enjoyed it time. as always. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, if you're in the chat, if you could like the uh, video, Adam, uh, Coach AB, great to see you. See that you just jumped in. Always appreciate your support. Um, great weekend. Look forward to it. <clears throat> uh, instant reaction might have to be a Sunday morning edition, just to let you know. I don't know what your availability, bud, but I know 8 o'clock games make it difficult for you. <clears throat> with your cover three uh obligations we'll do, and yeah probably sunday morning makes sense yeah i'm probably probably not coming back to the hotel post game to do an instant uh so gotcha we'll uh we'll see all right man enjoyed it all right y'all talk soon appreciate all the support let's move to uh what seven and oh seven seven and oh yeah absolutely 13 in a row let's do it see you man all right brother